because they have the fidelity to render. Otherwise, you're uncanny valley, and it just starts to look really strange. Uncanny a lot of video games sort of struggle with that, and they have to sort of lean into uncanny this, valley. Like, yes, that. Yeah, I know the term, George. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have an audience yeah, that did, like yeah. to hear things. You did, you did. I know it's about the journey. Well, I wanted to look at recognition, James. Did you ever not? I know. Just put your hand up and go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very Listen much. To me. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 74 of uh, uh, Pulp Kitchen. We did go to an exciting event yesterday. We love to know about films that are coming out and yes. projects that are coming coming forward. We don't just always review and, and think about what's happening. I like covering news. I like looking ahead. Exactly. And we were lucky to be invited to a Netflix event called See What's Next. Hashtag See What's Next. 2023. Looking ahead and to 2024. Yeah, a little bit to 2024 there. Um, yeah. And this was a uh, an event in Battersea Power Station, which yes. we the new redevelopment, which I've not been to yes. before, but you had. No, but I knew no. about it through my job. But and that was a cool building. We went into this very it's nice... a cool building, not a cool development, but yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. A, a cool space. A cool space. And uh, we went into this, we funneled into this uh, like sort of entertainment area, which led into a very nice... Mm new screening yes and we had what we thought we were going to be there for like 30 40 minutes and then it was it was like over two hours oh yeah a full-on presentation feature length and i think it was a mix of uh what like media press newspaper pr people and a bunch of like for lack of a better term influencery types content creators we kind of shift in between we would have no establishment but but we in the past have talked about Different studios, different slates. We've talked about Disney slate a few yeah. times, Marvel slate, and I know Marvel's part of Disney, but but um, we thought it'd be interesting just to talk about some of the projects they uh, some of them are very um, showed to us. So, James, you very diligently wrote down all the titles, and then I mean they got know. through a lot. We a were lot. Like, we were in there for two and a bit hours, and then we, 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 we they were talking about a project a project every five minutes. Yeah, it was it was. Go, going through quickly, yeah, people coming on on stage. Daniel Kaluuya came yeah, out at one point, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of this, I'd say, we're, we're not going to dwell on for a long time. Yeah. But I think we're just going to me and you are going to highlight stuff we think sounds cool and that we're probably going to be interested in seeing. Uh, the first major thing I wrote was just all the documentaries. Yes, they opened with documentaries, yes. which I thought a really was interesting. Strong batch, and I would say that you know we'll get onto the subject matter. I think the the Netflix documentary suite has had a really strong uh, viral potential yes. i feel like a lot of documentaries really hit and a lot of people have a sense of urgency of oh you've got to see the documentary the harry megan documentary the Huge. tinder swindler the, uh, fire festival fire festival tiger king yeah. oh god the, yeah just oh my god it's 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 stranger than fiction it's yeah. too it's too 
strange to be true. Did you watch the Woodstock 99 one? No, but I heard good oh, things. That's a great well, watch. There you go. Really, really interesting. And all these three documentaries that they, they previewed to us push the nostalgia button. Yes. You've got uh, uh, a series coming on Wham, the, yep. the pop band. Uh, you've got a series about Robbie Williams. Yeah. And really, I know it was a lot of a very, amazing yeah. concert footage of Nedworth. And then Robbie Williams in his underwear in bed on a laptop watching the footage. Yes. Like, that was the highlight. Yeah. But I was at all time. And it was, it was you know, because yeah, when they're yeah. showing it on a big screen as well with a big sound system, you know, you and I are of a certain age where Robbie Williams was huge when we were growing yes. up. He was massive. But there are probably listeners right now, especially outside of in the UK not and Ireland, well. not familiar or maybe even never heard of Robbie Williams. But yeah. I'd say delivered probably 10 solid gold hits yeah. in the space of a decade. Feel? Are you kidding me? Feel? Let um, me entertain you. Rock DJ. Millennium. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> the list goes Eight. on. I mean, no British <laughs> wedding is complete without no. angels coming on at like two o'clock yeah. in the morning. So there was that, um, which looks great. Yes. Wham, as you said. Uh, I wrote all the sports. Well, you, hang on. You, well, the, you missed the one documentary. Well, uh, David Beckham was after that. Yes. But, well, yeah, David well, Beckham. No, the, the, I would just want well, to just go David, straight into David Beckham. No, because I want to bring up that because the David Beckham is the other documentary, which is really interesting. It's directed by Fisher Stevens, who's an actor who's in Succession at the moment. He plays Hugo. He's one of the PR guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they showed us this clip, which was really interesting because it contrasted this uh, 2001 World Cup qualifier, where it was England versus Greece, yes. and Beckham was captain. And again... Pushing the nostalgia button because you and I, when we were growing up, obviously David Beckham was international superstar. Yeah. He is still very famous, of course, but like he was just him pushing like him like graduating onto Real Madrid, such totally. a huge thing. Um, yeah. And and you know that really difficult tense match. I wasn't familiar. I didn't remember it, but it was very good tense. It's, it's a bit young for us, for us to have like yeah. real living memories of having seen it. To be but they intercut that with David Beckham in his kitchen at home, and. I mean, Victoria looking for all intents and purposes, being obs- an obsessive compulsive cleaner. Yes. Um, you know, and, and admit it, admitting that he has to have the chairs the right way, trimming candle wicks, wicks a certain way. Yeah. He offers the uh, Fisher Stevens, the, you know, the director of coffee and, it, and Fisher Stevens drinks it and he puts it down. David Beckham picks it up and puts it in the sink to make <laughs> yeah. sure it's all clean. It's very interesting. Um, it's like, look at that candle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Victoria, she's always saying she's going to go clean, yeah. but she doesn't. And she's going to get facial. And then it cuts to like, you know, talking heads from Gary Neville and um, yeah. you know, Ferdinand talking about it. That looks very interesting. Sorry, but then there are more sports things. And then there was just, uh, they did a sort of like a four split of the screen and they basically, it, uh, people who've watched, loads of people have watched Drive Survive. I, as someone who never cared about Formula One, have been completely addicted. I actually not even finished it. I like sort of sip it like a fine wine because mm. it's such high quality documentary about, and it just is, per- I feel like it saved the sport yeah. and it's what that sport needs to provide context that's otherwise lost when you flick on Formula One. And so I had heard rumors that they were going to give that treatment to golf they are one of the shows they announced is full swing mm. they also announced a, a tennis one yep. where they showed some footage of nick kyrgios just you know mm. being a loud mouth and oh, what was the title it was a, it was like a great uh pun title as well it wasn't yeah. full oh, swing oh, uh no not that's gold breaking point Break, break, yeah. break, breaking, break, point. I think it's breaking point, point. something yeah, like yeah. that. They're doing a Tour de France one, which again I have no yeah. connection to, but I'm very willing to let them convince we me. We heard some interesting stuff that the the cycling, in particular, because the, the, the teams around these cyclists are particularly unhinged. I can imagine um, all so. that lycra going around. <laughs> and then what with the other oh, is tennis, golf? I think it was just for. Oh, and there's a the, huge World Cup documentary. That was World Cup. <laughs> So um, covering, look, covering Qatar and all the different teams, you've got all the different nations bringing their different stories yeah. and stuff. And 
you know, with, and these trailers are edited so well. So, uh, I was like, I'm going to have to watch this all again. Okay, so then we started moving on to... Uh, it was all, and what was cool is these were all British uh, made dramas yeah. with British talent, British directors, British, it was all like British IP. Yeah. And it really did feel like that. And didn't Netflix it? talked about the kind of like more local regional approach they're doing. I didn't realize yeah. that the UK, outside of the US, Netflix, UK is the second, UK's largest. The second largest. Um, it's interesting. Um, they, they said something spender. like that was interesting because their spend just seems to be keep going mm. up and up and up. And you know, there have been headlines before about the amount of money Netflix mm. has spent in one year. And I think it's interesting that that doesn't seem to be slowing yeah. down. Home entertainment is going nowhere. Uh, one of the things that was interesting is uh, the gentleman, the Guy Ritchie series, is yes. being made into a TV yeah. show. The Guy Ritchie film is being made. Into Sorry, a yes, yeah. the Guy Ritchie film is being made into a series. And I thought that was. Interesting to hear Guy Ritchie talk about, like, we started it with this, but really we wanted to flesh it out and Theo James yeah. is going to be he, in he it. He wanted it to be a series originally, then it got made into a film. Now it's been back turning into a series again. But yeah. what I find interesting is that Guy Ritchie is essentially making <laughs> the content that he made 25 years ago, but for 20 times the budget. If you think about it, it's, it's East yeah. End. Like Vinnie Jones is back in this one, for example. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm, that's not a criticism. I'm just saying he's interesting. He's, you know, he's done all this stuff and he did, you know, King Arthur and Sherlock Holmes and yes, The Man from Uncle. Movies, yeah. And then he's come all the way back to this and it's like, it's the same, same genre, yeah. but 20 times the budget. You know, it's car chases, it's mansions. It's, and it's this idea of like the ultra wealthy, you know, children of aristocrats have all this established inherited wealth, but no cash. So yeah. all of them are filling their estates with weed farms yeah. and illegal doings, and that's how the drama is. Um, next up, we had uh, one of the guests that came into the auditorium, which was Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. to talk about The Kitchen. Mm. The Kitchen, from what I saw, it was almost like hard to gather, but it was like a sort of dystopian yes. London yeah. future. Yeah. And full of brim brimming with ideas. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya came on, and he was clearly you know, wrapped up in the project in his head. Yeah, and it really tell it was that. He was clearly still very much immersed in the project I'm trying right to now. make a grand statement about what it meant but and what it represented. It, it, from the visuals alone, it looked really interesting. And, uh, yeah. and, and his point was that like, um, this kind of scale of storytelling, especially with science fiction, is not usually applied to London. It's yes. not all British context. It's usually applied to, uh, and also, and also um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, diverse London, like, you know, cosmopolitan London. Yeah. Um, it's usually seen in, in, in an American sense. So that was really cool. And then there was Bodies, which was based on a graphic novel and has a premise. This sounds, might sound patronizing. I don't mean it to be. I but thought it looked cool. I, it has a kind of premise that excited like the inner 14 year old in me. Yeah. I, 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 you know me, what I love about time travel. So when yeah, I saw yeah. this premise, I was like, oh, and the premise is, um, it's a real elevator pitch. It's, it's, the story follows, a, a body is discovered, mm -hmm. but the body is discovered in four different time periods. In like the 1890s, the 1940s, the tw 2023, and 2053. And you've got um, all the, and as, as such, you've got this deep period detail for each one from mm. the futurism of 2053 back to the, you know, um, the, you know Victorian hey, London. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the same body. This 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 one crime running across and four it's different. Like in the same alleyway, but it looks completely different. But it's the same. Exactly. And things, I was yeah. like, oh, that's really tickling me. I love that kind of idea. And it, 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 I feel like it's that looks like it was embracing its graphic novel roots, like quite heartily yes. in a good way. And it's got the um, the actress who was in Unorthodox. 
uh, who played the main character right. in that. I can't remember. Uh, ha- uh, Hans, I think is his surname. And then Stephen Graham. Of course. Yes. The legend that is Stephen Graham. Turn, turning up in that as well. He's, you know? in the, he's in the dystopia, wasn't he? Yeah, dystopia he was the dystopia. Future, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, could, yeah. he could turn up in any time period in that. Oh, yeah, he's um, That really cool. Next up was Eric, which was Benedict Cumberbatch in a, a series with him, which actually isn't going to come out until 2024. But we, so, got, uh, we didn't get him in the flesh. We, got, we him, got him doing a piece to camera yes. on set. And we basically, it looks from just his piece to camera, quite eccentric. Yeah. It's written by Abby Morgan, who did uh, Suffragette and um, The Iron Lady. Uh, and it's uh, it's basically like a, a, a disappearance. It's set in 1980s New York, and Benedict Cumberbatch loses his son. His son goes missing. and uh, But amidst that is some sort of like, um, you're losing your grip on reality and there's a puppet show involved and sort of dreaming up like a puppet-like figure. So it's like a, a colourful um, sort of wonderland set with yeah. the yellow brick road. It was, it was, it was invoking a lot of different yeah. things, wasn't it? I feel like every single episode is going to try a different genre. So that yeah. looks crazy, but that's not till, till next year. There were a couple of other things which I think we'll just skip over because there's sort of lots of different genres. But the next one I think you and I both were really into was Scoop. Yes, yeah. This looks really cool. So Scoop is uh, based on a, a book by Sam McAllister who yeah. was... Uh, Part who was instrumental in the team that secured the BBC Newsnight interview with Prince Andrew in 2019. Infamous, I don't sweat. Yes, I was at a Pizza Express. The famous, one of the you know most famous car crash interviews of recent years, and obviously they showed us a little uh, a couple of clips. This is a drama, not a documentary. This is a drama. This is a night. Well, well, actually, it's it's almost like it's a ninety minute film, really, isn't it? Yes, it's a standalone yeah. piece of of uh, what you would call in the old days a TV movie, and you've got. Gillian Anderson playing Emily Maitlis. You've got Rufus Sewell playing Prince Andrew. And the likenesses uh, are good. Are very are strong. Really, really good. And you've got Billy Piper playing Sam. Uh, and you've got uh, Keely Horses in it as well and Romola Gary. And um, what, 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 what the, the clip showed and what the sort of premise is, is that we as viewers, as an audience, are only familiar with seeing Emily Maitlis and Prince Andrew on camera. But if you zoom out a little bit in yeah. that room behind the lights and the cameras yeah. and all the c- camera operators, you've got the equerry. You've got the, the you know, the producer. The, 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 yeah. Lots, a whole, the, probably it, 20 it other reminds people. me when they did it in The Crown with the Bashir interview yes. with Diana. Yeah. Like, you really like, saw the other side of it. And I think that's going to be a, like a very witty, sharp story um, that's got a balance of um, this is a, a, an important thing that needed to happen, but also this, the, the sheer, more light to the, the, story sh- as the well. sheer like, comedic value in, oh. in some of the things that he um, said. We, we, from what we understand, like Prince Andrew thought and his team thought the interview had gone very well. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Sam came onto stage and spoke. She was so charismatic. Just really, yeah. really interesting And, and it was person. funny because she's, she looks like one of those people that I could tell from when they put an image up who has her chosen outfit and that's yes. her outfit. Yep. And, you know, like, like Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg, they yeah. wear the same thing every day because being a billionaire, like you need to just kind of like, yeah. you can't be distracted with that. And she was wearing this like all black, sort of like wavy, iconic, like mm. sort of bleach blonde hair with like a Chanel coat, yeah. all black. And you just look up at her speaking to Billy Piper wearing the exact same outfit. Yeah. You're like, you just are that person in silhouette. And I thought it was quite funny. And she's, yeah. she's like a former barrister who's like very, uh, speaks very well, very sure of herself. She's like, of course I got the interview. I mean, look at me. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it's just a really interesting character. I can't wait to see the what's probably a heightened, dramatized version. Yeah, of her. I think that would totally, be really fun. Totally. Billy Piper's just, I think, yeah, a, real, totally. um, a real sort of career resurgence. 
Uh, next up, at home with the Furies. I don't know how much of a Tyson Fury fan you are. Well, but they, I, I'm not. I know you 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 follow boxing I, a little bit more, right? I, I, would say I watch like four or five fights a year. But okay. uh, I'm more excited to see Tyson Fury's dad, John Fury. Right. If you think Tyson is crazy, I cannot wait to see uh, a, a fly on the wall documentary. And the the, the John way Fury. That Netflix said it was like, this is at home with the Osbournes, but now. Yes. You know, the whole Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, Sharon Osbourne thing. I do, I do look at it and I think nothing will ever be uh, non non-produced reality TV from the early 90s and late 90s. I, I don't know if you ever have gone back. I mean, a producer friend of mine have gone back and watched like old reality TV and it's just so much better than that. Everything has got so much finger, so many fingerprints on it. It's a PR, it's people trying to like manipulate opinion. You know, like the Harry yeah, and Meghan yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that and it's entertaining. But old stuff, like people really didn't know they were being filmed. Yeah. People didn't know what being filmed meant. Yeah, people would let the guard down. So prolific. More, yeah. Um, but yeah, it looked very produced, but... Um, I'll probably flick it on. Next up was uh, a TV adaptation of One Day. That's right. Yes. David Nichols' so, novel. We had a film. Have you read it. it? No, but I've seen the film. Uh, so I've read it, but not seen the film. I, I really liked the book. I enjoyed yeah. it, except for the ending. Um, okay, yeah. And I, the thing is, I know they're probably going to keep the ending, which is a shame. But, sure. but obviously that was made into a film with Anne Hathaway. And now it's coming as a, a series, again, to air next year. Yeah. With um, Leo Woodall, Leo right. Woodall, who from the White Lotus, as you yep. remember the Essex, the Essex, Essex lad in White yeah. Lotus season two, and um, an actress, the actress who played Shruti in uh, This Is Going to Hurt. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I can't remember her name. Amber Kamod yes, from uh, This Is Going to Hurt, and uh, we saw a little clip of them on great in on Arthur's Seat in Edinburgh, which is like the first chapter of the book, yep. and. Uh, I'll be down. I'll watch it. I'm up for it. You yeah. know, expect lots of wigs in that as they age one day every year. Yeah. That's the premise, remember, is that, is that it's told, it's their friendship, relationship told over the course of many years, but told on one, the same day every year. Um, I can't help but think that the success of normal people prompted a research, like I a re totally I actually, I did say, to, yeah, I have a friend who works in publishing it. and I said, normal people is the one day of this generation yes. isn't there and he said yeah. yeah totally next up we had a look back at the crown so the crown they had, they had uh, said that the crown season six yeah. had just finished filming the last friday yeah and they didn't really have anything new to show us because of that well the only thing i thought i uh, got out of it that i thought was new was that you and i have spoken a little bit about where we think the crown is going to finish mm. and uh the actress who plays princess anne in yes. the in the most recent uh series I th claudia harrison i want to say i think so um she was speaking about, because they've just finished shooting, was speaking about how they were shooting a wedding. And I was like, well, what other weddings were between 1996? Yeah. And I, I, so I assume actually the story is going to conclude in 2011. Will and Kate. With Will and Kate, which would make, I guess, sense because I know, because they also showed like spotted photos of um, Will and Kate, the actors playing Will and Kate. <laughs> yes, they did. Filming like, university. It was sort of like a hype cycle about how people were saying that, oh my God, uh, St. Andrews, they're filming at my yeah. uni. And there was just hype around the fact that it was being shot. So... But that's interesting because I thought the natural conclusion point was 2002, 2002 yeah. and, and they're going to do the fallout of Diana and unless, everything that's sirens on our end, very loud sirens mm, on our end, I apologise. Unless they do Charles and Camilla's wedding, but I don't think that was as, as big an affair, obviously. Yeah. They said they were filming it in York Minster, which is a fucking huge cathedral. Sounds Abbey? Lovely. Cathedral? Oh, shit. One of them. Um, but yeah, like Will and Kate big moment for royal for royalty it was a real like peak it's the next generation the, absolutely the, the air we've, we, we're skipping over a couple of things in the interest of time but one of the things you and i were most excited about and oh, i think you and i had the best reaction to brilliant. was chicken run dawn of the nugget dawn of the nugget if they put a two on it 
No, they just cut chicken it. run, yeah. dawn, of, dawn the of the nugget. I mean, the title alone sort of implies so, what's what there, what's at stake. Here's the thing: so chicken run was a huge thing when I was younger. Yeah. I remember watching that so many times at school, at home, at sleepovers. Yeah. I, I knew that film very Christmas. It was always like the thing. To and pull I remember out. being aware of the Wallace and Gromit uh, that video. I remean, just have like, aware VHS. of it. That's why. I, oh, yeah, I of course. But like, I remember watching the VHS tapes and like just thinking they were brilliant, and we all just loved okay. quoting them at school. When I was a kid, anything Ardman touched. Was gold. The Curse of the Were Rabbit film I thought oh, was brilliant. brilliant. We were all just loving it. I was like 10 at the time. And just so good. Right up my street. And then, um, so they showed us a, um, uh, a little piece of camera from the director of Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget. Yeah. Of course, because it's stop motion with these plasticine models, it's take, they, they started this like eight years ago. And I think, what a feat to have that in your, in your, in your mind for, for, for eight years. Um, if anyone doesn't know, these are films that are modelled out of plasticine yes. painstakingly in as many frames a second as video, which is 24. So imagine like how long it takes to adjust another frame and how long it would take you to make a yeah. second of footage. It's, it's beyond comprehension, the, the, the discipline and the, the attention to detail required to make a scene. And what was great is after this piece of the camera from the director, they then showed us a, a clip and it was like oh. being in... It was like being straight back there. All the characters are there again. The, Bunty, um, the, like the, 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 the style Jane of comedy, character. yeah, was had not changed. The it had touch. not. The Armand touch. It had not been uh, stained or uh, added to by no. time or by pop culture yeah. or by like. Not that I felt like it was anything had anything like big to say. Yeah. it just felt exactly the same. Yes. And it, I, 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 I said this at the time. There's something about this uh, vacant stare that the characters yeah. have by product <laughs> of them being plasticine. But actually, because they I think know that that's how they work. Work. They write the comedic timing yes. for it perfectly. And it, it was so funny. It was that's the thing. We saw that that clip came in quite late in the presentation. I would say we've been yeah. in there for two hours, but it like hit hit me right in the gut. And you and I were laughing, laughing. more than most people. Yeah. I think we were really <laughs> yeah. enjoying we were that. Slapping All on the ease beats were so good. And I was like, I can't wait to see this. And I actually can't, I really want to rewatch. I haven't seen yes. Chicken Run in like since I was a child. Yeah, probably 15 years plus since so, I've seen that. And um uh, hip. Hunt fly, <laughs> don't, don't care if I die. Brilliant, brilliant. So we're really looking forward to that, and that's coming out later this year. Um, what else was there? Last two things, we saw a small tease for the new season of Top Boy. I never saw Top Boy, but I'd heard really good things. I'm tempted ahead of this to go and watch yes. season one of Top Boy. So again, started on Channel 4, yep. and then in like 2011, 2013, then kind of got cancelled, finished. And then I believe Drake was a fan of it yeah. and through Netflix rebooted it and it's had two and now this third and final. Oh, it's third series, is it? This is its third and final right. um, season, I believe. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it either. I've heard great things. My parents absolutely swear by it. They think it's one of the yeah. best things they've seen. So I, yeah, I will try before that third season airs to, to, to check that out. And then lastly, and I'm sort of going to go back to the beginning to talk about the end, the opening of the event was a voiceover from Charlie Brooker. Yes. And he was like, hello and welcome. I hope you're all yeah. sitting because you're about to, I'm just drifting into another pressure. But yeah. He's got his very like typical sort yes. of dry uh, uh, voice. And he was like, I hope you enjoy this presentation of See What's Next, which sort of planted the seed that we were going to see Black Mirror. And then at the end, we yes. have a piece to camera with Charlie Brooker, like behind some stage flats, with yeah. lots of wires coiled in a, in a director's chair. And he just he tells us for a couple of minutes about the new series of Black Mirror. Yeah, he talks about the difference in approach and how it's always been about technology mm. and the future. And he's made some comments about how actually wanting to explore the past, to, yeah, to he, retrospectively look at the future, it's which is quite interesting. it's been a while since we've had, a, I think about, probably about five, four or five years since we've had a Black Mirror season. It has. And I think 
he was saying he kind of wanted to do like a soft reboot of it. Yeah. And, that, and yes, it, it's cover technology and, and very futuristic, but he wanted to expand that kind of conversation. And, and a, most, a lot of these episodes that we're going to see are set in the past. There was definitely some stuff in the 50s there, some stuff yeah. in the 80s. With the odd futuristic one sprinkled in. And we saw a little teaser of snippets from... As all, ever, all though, across. with all Black, Black Mirror um, series, each one is its own film. Yeah. And the production value looked great. And a great raft of talent in there. You had, like, Josh Hartnett, yeah. uh, Aaron Annie Paul. Murphy from Shit's Creek. Yes, Aaron Paul. Really good selection of... And even talent. though everyone has their favourite episodes of Black Mirror, and I think you could... It's, it's Again, very, which also started on Channel 4. Yes. And I think it's very easy to go, oh, like that one's my favorite, that one's way better, or this one's a little bit off. I would still say to come up with that many original ideas in a series and and explore them as well as you do, I think is really impressive. Yeah, totally. And it's so easy to, when you compare a million ideas to be like, well, that one wasn't as good. Like, come on, like these are all shows that could be their own series if they wanted to be. I just think that's very impressive. Also, the the Black Mirror, you know what Charlie Brooke is, can we talk spoken about this before, whether I believe that the Black Mirror, it's called Black Mirror because... It would mean the black of your screen. Yes, yeah. that's it. Okay, good. Yeah. Also, sorry, before I forget, when we mentioned Robbie Williams or earlier, did you hear how Donald Glover mentioned that he studied Robbie Williams when choreographing the This Is This Is America video? No. <laughs> he said that he wanted to look at Robbie Williams. He was quite vague about it, but the fact that he knows who Robbie Williams is and yeah. even engaged with him was just so mind-blowing. They're just worlds colliding. <laughs> he was like, oh, one person we looked at a lot was Robbie Williams and people that often surprises people. I think he said, I didn't want to do what he did too much. I think he was referring to the Rock DJ video where Robbie's, you know, in his bare yes. skin. And yeah. like, and I think he, I, I, I don't know, just the, the mention of it, it was- Which I'd say isn't exclusive to Robbie. Like a lot of, a lot of rock stars with tattoos yeah. will be wearing like a tight pair of jeans, yeah. like Iggy Pop. Oh yeah, yeah. E- even uh, what's the name from Maroon 5 did it? Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah, Adam Levine, yeah. Um, Not Adam Devine from Workaholics. Oh, right. I, I will get them mixed uh, up in my yeah, head. Well, they're yeah. probably one of the both because he's maybe they're both Canadian. Don't know. Could be. Anyway, <laughs> and that was and that was the selection. That was wasn't it. it. I just thought some some really? of the some of our highlights from the show. Yeah. Some interesting some interesting impressions. I thought coming out of it because there's loads of other stuff we didn't mention. But Netflix of all the streaming surfaces, surfaces, services, <laughs> it does the widest breadth of content. Yeah, they did see, and it seems to tackle. Uh, content that is for the most amount of audiences, I would say. That's right. Well, if you were to compare it with something like Apple TV making great shows, yeah. Apple TV great, but you're right, there's a target. You said like Apple TV seems to be positioning itself more like an HBO um, yes. balancing point, you see. It's going for that. Whereas Netflix seems to have a different strategy, which is fine. They can't all have the same strategy. Yeah. You need to change up a bit. So, or you'll yeah. see a trailer for something and you'll be like, that's for my mum and that's so yes. okay yeah and it does, it's not meant we, to I mean, be there were me. stuff we saw that we were like not for us yeah and that's, <laughs> that's fine so just really normal you're like, never going to tick it off but it's a broad church there we go so that was uh netflix netflix's slate um it was very interesting and we'll try and keep you posted if we see any of those projects coming down the and line any of those uh interest you or there's something we missed that you were interested in more we'd love to hear your thoughts to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com I would quite like to just do a film review. We've got to do a review. got to do a review. I'd like to do a review of the film Nobody. Mm. Now, I know what you're thinking. Nobody? That film came out two years ago. Yeah. What the hell are you doing reviewing it now? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. That film came out still when things were pretty COVID-y, yeah. uh, number one. So a lot of people didn't see it, myself included. Passed pass me by. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, it's just been added very recently to Netflix and is Shots currently the, the number one watched film on Netflix. And yeah. when I went to that Bob Odenkirk event the other day, 
when he said, oh, I was in the film Nobody, huge reaction. Yeah. And I was like, okay, people are watching this film. More people are probably watching it now mm. than they probably did when it came out two years I'd ago. I've heard really good things. I'd seen little clips of it starting. Well, exactly. Like, I really need to check So this it's out. like, it's clearly, it's, it's become current again. So I thought, well, we both mentioned it the other day. We want to see it. We're so a current podcast. We can go check it out. So well, this is going to be a review of Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk from 2021. What is Nobody? Well, Nobody is a story of Hutch Mansell, who is a average Joe, Living in suburbia, got a very dull, uh, mundane, repetitive life. He forgets to put the trash out. He goes to work. He gets dropped off. But, you know, his his wife is clearly very successful and wealthy. He's a little bit more emasculated. Works this very boring, like, industrial office. Um, he goes for a run in the morning. That's the highlight. There's you know absolute lack of passion between him and his wife, and that's his life. And then one day, his home is broken into by these thugs. And he tries to confront them, but stops. And they steal some, they steal his watch, they steal some property. They, um, uh, you know, hit his son and they leave. And there's this kind of hanging feeling in the air. Like his son almost had one of the, the, the burglars, but because Bob Odenkirk didn't do anything, the guy got away. And there's this kind of hanging feeling in the air afterwards of people quietly judging him being like why didn't you do anything there this whole like emasculation idea like why didn't you defend it I mean, he's clearly having this uh, thought process inside as well so this event triggers something inside of of hutch and he decides to think no i'm sick of being put down by life i'm gonna take matters into my own hands mm. and i'm gonna find the thugs and i'm gonna track them down and get my daughter's kitty cat bracelet back that's the that. initial premise in the first 20 minutes Taken with less stakes. Yes. Uh, just to, It's to, um, written by Derek Kolstad, who's written all the John Wick movies. And right. it's very much in that genre. You've got, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to watch Nobody, you're watching it for the super well-executed, slick action scenes, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they are very good. They're very well choreographed. Sometimes a little too quick. Sometimes I was like, that was so fast. I actually don't know how yeah. someone shot someone in which order. But you know, undeniably slick. Bob Odenkirk trained for two years to to be able to do that. I mean, he's 60 now, so he would have been 57, I think, at the time of production. Um, And there was, uh, he fully commits to it. There was never a moment where I thought, I I didn't believe that 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 character could do the things that he was doing. You know, there was never a sense that like, he would just turn a little bit and then an actor would throw themselves across the room. It was not like an actor beyond their prime still punching around. I thought, oh, this is is someone who's um, fighting. So that's great. There's, you know, a really great choreographed um, uh, sort of like cheek to jowl fight on a on a bus, which is very, very, very yeah, very scrappy. Uh, probably probably the standout scene in in, in the film, um, and that's cool. What nobody nobody has all those scenes in there of, of really slick action set pieces. What it has outside of that is not much else. Mm. You have a very underwritten thin. Uh, characterization and plot stringing these events together the whole it was quite funny actually seeing bob odenkirk like in the scenes where he's talking with his family i was like oh i've actually only seen bob odenkirk be in roles that are really really well written (laughs) like (laughs) i was like i've only seen (laughs) him like being great roles whether it's little women or better call Saul or breaking bad and when he's in this, I was like, oh, he's got, he's got nothing to do. Sort of action first dialogue later. Totally. The film's not really interested in that, but there are a yeah. couple of scenes where they like have dramatic 
conversations between the you know him and his wife mm. and i'm like you, you get i got nothing guys mm. i've got the, the thinnest of threads here just to stitch these um yeah sequences together um but okay it's fine we're not here for that but it just means that you're depending then entirely on getting your enjoyment from the film mm. from the from the action scenes um i think for me one, one thing that slightly disappointed me with nobody as good as those other scenes are the the creeping feeling i had when i was watching it is that i think the film sadly misunderstands what the appeal of this this film is the 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 interestingness of its premise for me the idea that bob odenkirk comic actor recent dramatic actor but like comic actor former snl writer is now an action hero that's an interesting transformation Mm. when i just told you that he trained for two years to be this guy you were like oh that's very interesting that is interesting it's called nobody the idea of a nobody being a kick-ass action hero it's fun it's fun the problem is, though, and this isn't a spoiler because it's, it's kind of shown in the trailer, is that it, very quickly the film says it's not Bob Odenkirk, a nobody, a mild-mannered guy, deciding to become a John Wick-like character, to train and be a kick-ass fighter. It's Bob Odenkirk, a mild-mannered average guy um, who was previously a John Wick character and is retired. So... It's actually quite a fine point, but it actually changes your whole reception of the film. Right. So it, it's quickly revealed that Bob Odenkirk used to be a high-class special agent mercenary. It's taken. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's taken. But 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 and, and, and it's like oh, you've kind of awoken the beast now, and he's been like uh, he, yeah. he's like uh, overcorrect. John Wick and taken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, but that's that's not interesting. What's yeah. interesting is seeing someone who has nothing, who yeah. is a nobody. He's a somebody. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> he, uh, seeing someone who already has superpowers, yeah. just remember that they have superpowers. I mean, John Wick basically has the premise, right? The same thing. Yeah. John, John Wick retired is retired assassin. and he's brought back into the fray. Yeah. That's fine because that film doesn't tell me that that person is a nobody. Yeah. That film knows that John Wick is Keanu there Reeves. There's a dog and a wife. But and, nobody yeah. is like, this is Bob Odenkirk. I'm like, yeah, he's not going to kick anybody's yeah. butt. And he's like, you believe this guy's just a no- oh, Joe Schmo. Yeah, Joe nobody. Schmo. But he's like, yeah, yeah, he is Joe Schmo. Although he actually used to be a kick-ass, you know, mercenary. Is that a reveal like towards the end? Or no, fairly, it's, it's, like, it's, 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 I'd say tw- uh, it's in the first, it's in minutes. the first act. That's a first act reveal. Yeah. And, um, interesting. And it's just like to call your film that. But then, and, and because then, the premise is not, oh, look at this guy training himself to be to be a fighter. It's it's look at this guy just remembering all the stuff that he could do before. <laughs> it's just not that interesting. Yeah. So it's completely cut that layer off. And so the story of Bob Odenkirk becoming getting ready for this role, that is then more interesting outside of the film than what the film does itself. Is there another thing where someone's old and they're trying to remember their superpowers? It sounds that, that like, like that, actual that, superpowers. I mean, like yeah, like, I, know, I know the sort of retired thing is, is done. No, no, I might be thinking of a game. Okay, ignore me. So I think that's the, uh, I think that's the disappointing thing. Mm. In another universe or in another world, the first act of this film would have been the entire film. Or well, the first act of this film is almost uh, a short film, which is that guy you know gets housebroken mm. into, decides to take things upon himself, and it ends with him having this brawl on the bus. Now, in another world, that would have been the end of this 90-minute movie. Mm. A very plain but scrappy fight on a bus that is, you know, he, he gives a good fight. But he gets it, hit too, doesn't Yeah, he? he gets hit too. That is the culmination of that, that moment. Yeah. But the problem is the film then goes on and it brings in um, 
neon neon clad Russian gangsters with right, huge yeah. machine guns in yeah. nightclubs saying, I must protect the ob- like the Obrak. What's the Obrak? Well, it's the way the Russians get all the money. And you're like, oh, we're doing that film now. Yeah. So it just slips straight into generic territory and loses anything about its premise. I was he he's not a nobody. Yeah. He's not a nobody. He's John fucking Wick, isn't he? Just hearing you describe that's the slightly generic scene. You know in Avengers Endgame when they did that like two minute sequence with Hawkeye uh, as oh, Ronin, yeah, yeah. and he's he's in like uh, some like neon scorched alleyway in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, sorry, no, no, yeah. In Japan. And it's almost just like. In, I know that's the entire wing of the comics of who Hawkeye becomes, and it's like yeah. a nod to that whole side of it. But when you watch that scene back, it's actually a very generic yeah. thing that we've seen a million times before of a rogue agent who's got nothing yes. left to live for, but is yeah. willing to fight for the right cause. I'm like that's yeah. actually not cool. It's very generic. Um, and yeah, uh, just this idea of dialogue uh, actually being a be-all end-all for a lot of films because even if the action is very good and you'll notice like this week i am without film yes and one of the reasons is that i was going to watch the apple and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna review it because it's not fair because i didn't finish it i was gonna review the ghosted film on apple tv plus which is an action romance comedy Mm. film starring chris evans and anna de armas two actors who i like very much yes i think are great the problem is within 10 minutes of that film starting the dialogue was so bad (laughs) that actually i realized um even bad films, some of them have good dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can watch a film that you know is really bad, but like the chemistry and yeah, the dynamic yeah, and the dialogue keeps dialogue, you through. Yeah. This just, I already knew the premise wasn't going to, the premise yeah. had kind of been done before. And it like ghosted was a kind of weird, like postmodern yeah. idea that I was never really that interested in. And then when I just started listening to it, I was like, I can't do this in mm. two hours. It's now 56 minutes. It's like, and it just didn't happen for me. Not a review, but interesting sure. revelation within myself about obviously how important dialogue is. But anyway, so look, but, but Ghosted is still, uh, sorry, not Ghosted, <laughs> Nobody yeah. is still serviceable enough. I do think over time, this film will dissolve and not be a film, but it will survive as a series of clips on YouTube. Yeah. The bus clips. scene. That's how I scene in the it. middle. I've seen the bit. Yeah, that's, that's really all that this film has to hang on. Are we and, getting sequels? Yeah, that there's thing, a Nobody yeah. 2 coming. Right. Yeah, but I'm like, again, I'm not interested because I'm just like, it's just generic guy who can do anything. No, I he's definitely to, somebody. I wanted it to be more Death Wish, which is the original Death Wish, which is, yeah. again, guy gets aggrieved, decides to take the law into his own hands. Yeah. That That is interesting. That is what you see Bob Odin, you know, seeing Saul it's Goodman- It's not impressive anymore. See, yeah, yeah. see Saul Goodman throw a guy through a plate glass window. It's only interesting if you know it's Saul Goodman doing yeah. it. If it turns out that Saul Goodman used to be a fucking assassin yeah. and he's been doing it for years, then it's not interesting anymore. Yeah, totally fair. Guys, if you've uh, seen Nobody or you're just currently watching it, like I assume some of you must be, if it's number one on Netflix, please, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Send them into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Let's go through some of the emails that we had this week. If you wanted to send an email to the show, like so many of you do, you can do by emailing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. George, what is our first email? We've got an email from James who says, Hey guys, new listener to the pod, love your take on things and have instantly been compiling a list of movies to watch in my notes. Nice. Ticked off Barbarian this week while nice. staying in an Airbnb with my wife. <laughs> Mistake! <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Whoa, that's a huge... <laughs> that is oh, immersive that Immersive experience. <laughs> yeah. That must be deeply uncomfortable. It's like doing Cabin in the Woods in a Cabin, cabin in, in the Woods. <laughs> uh, did, however, love the film. Or yeah. you go camping and it's like, let's watch Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
I like a good slash bad film every every, every often uh, yes. every so often. Uh, a great a guilty pleasure of sorts. My wife hates the fact that I love nineties action films. For example, I recently rewatched two thousand and eight's Never Back Down. Yes, mainly because Never Back Down. Mainly, I can't remember what is that one. I like. It's all about these, is that Sean these, William Scott. No, no, it's about these kids that have like an MMA street fighting ring in their high school. <laughs> uh, this this kid is like troubled, and he moves to this new school. And it's Channing Tatum. Like, no, yeah. no, it's got. I don't know the main. The guy who's in Dharma plays the friend. Oh no. right. Maybe I think no. I think I've got it all wrong. Oh no, no, nobody ever. No, sorry, I'll take that all back. So he joins this new school and he realizes there's this like hierarchy based on who fights. Wow. And this really popular kid who's like the alpha dog who has the girlfriend that he likes, uh, like runs out of his parents' mansion. This like mixed martial arts fighting and like and it's just this culture of fights and you've got to prove yourself and it's one of those films where the message of the film is you're not supposed to fight it's not the way to solve your problems until it is the way to solve your problems and he has to solve his problems with a big fight it's got Gmon Hanzu in it right who I love he's great and um Gmon I say Demon Demon? Is it a D? Is it a DJ sound? Yeah, but it's a. You say. Oh, you G-mon. say Gmon. I say. Isn't Demon. DJ like? Djibouti? I've never. I've never met him, so I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, it is interesting. Uh, it is. It is <laughs> not. It is. Look, I actually think it's fairly entertaining. <laughs> it is it never just, back down. It just, it's never back down. There's a really great uh, hit from Kanye Stronger from 2008. That was like the best song you could play. Yeah, wow. And he fights the guy at the end, and he earns his respect, and he wins the girl. Brilliant. Who's played by? He's the one who's married Amber to Heard. John, Amber Heard. Well, uh, formerly married to Johnny Depp. Yeah, formerly married. <laughs> Catch up. <laughs> Famously formerly married. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, mean, I can't recommend. Sorry, James it, goes on and yeah. says, um, uh, "Watch Never Back Down." Mainly because I was logged into someone else's Netflix account in the Airbnb we rented and nice. didn't have my watch list handy, so I went for the first thing I saw. That's brave. Nice. I was pretty surprised to find the story had a bit of heart, a killer soundtrack, energetic, yeah. fun, and fun cameos from a young Evan Peters and, and Demon Evan Hanzu. Peters, yes. Firstly, if you've firstly if you've seen it and remember, can you agree? Well, we've just said that. Yeah. Secondly, this got me thinking about guilty pleasure films and what yours are. Which films are you embarrassed to say you like or even love? Ooh. I don't. I mean, we've had this question before, but it's like the whole notion of guilty pleasure. I like, said the what? Hobbit trilogy. It's like I I, I sort of uh, I can tolerate them, and I'll uh, the first Hobbit film I like. A lot of people are like, oh, they're so bad. No, the first Hobbit film's actually really good. I really don't know because I kind of feel... I I have no shame about watching any films, really. I can usually defend it. Yeah. Like I said, I can acknowledge films for being flawed, but I still really like them. I've I've said so many. I've said many. Nah. Okay. That was from James James in Brixton. Thanks so much. You know what it is? Sorry. Just the reason why Never Back Down kind of works is that the concept is so crazy and compelling that it's like these people are fighting. You're like, I have to see where this goes. goes." Uh, Speaking of where we're going, we're going next to Julia, who says, hi, James and George. Julia from Sweden here. I just listened to last week's episode where someone wrote in about a book series that should be turned into films. Mm. And this was now, I want to say, three or four weeks ago when she says, I totally agree that the Spooks books would make a great film series. Thank you. Especially as the law deepens a few books in, brackets when they go to Greece, etc. They do go to Greece, (laughs) don't they? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Greece. And there's one where he goes off and he has to train with another spook as well. I believe you. I do, however, have another fantasy series to suggest. The Atlas Trilogy. 
Oh. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It sounds familiar, but I don't know. Uh, it's a modern setting with six POVs, complex relationships, a secret society, and a really cool magic system that incorporates science in a clever way. Clever way. Hmm. Only two slash three, two out of three books books have been released as of 2022. Though I adore the books, I think they might translate better in the form of a miniseries. Action surrounding the magic, such as fights on telepathic planes and dream walking, are explained in detail, so you can really visualize the way it would be shown on TV. But it's a little wordy to read. I also think a series would be a good medium to support to explore the six main characters individually, with each one being the main focus of their own episode as it can become a, a little messy to jump back and forth between their heads. Interesting. Uh, sorry if this has became more like a... Sorry if this became more book than and film and... Sorry if this became more book than film and TV related. Mm. Keep up the good work. I'm always excited for Wednesdays now, Julia. Yeah. P.S. I also want to thank you for all your film recommendations. I have a list of films to watch on my phone and it's almost doubled since I started listening. Yay. Julia, thank you so much. You know, I had... Oh, yeah. sorry. You know when someone uh, from previous weeks asked what thing would you like to be like actually like remade and rebooted? Mm. I had to think about obviously like AI and everything, and I think we should uh, revisit iRobot, the Isaac Asimov. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like iRobot. I like that's a, a good series waiting to happen. You mean like, do you know a, what I a mean? Good like temper and an AI. I know this idea of sort of like robot rebellion yeah. taking over is a little bit dated but the idea of like what to do with ai yeah. and like these rules we build into artificial didn't they kind of do that with westworld though yes that's true but i think like the uh source text of isaac asimov is probably stronger than yes. westworld making it up as they go along. they need to yeah okay that's just i wanted cool. to add that thank julia you. thank you so much thank for you very much for your okay this next email is from bobby who says sorry if you've been asked this question before oh sorry before i do bobby's email if anyone do let us know if you have heard of us talk about a film, you've added it to your watch list, you've then watched it and you've had a strong reaction to it. Oh yeah. Let um, us know. That's what the emails are for. Absolutely. Yeah. This email's from Bobby. Sorry if you've been asked this question before, but I thought I would be it would be quite fun to hear you discuss it. If a film was going to be made about your friendship, oh. our friendship, yours and nice, and, yeah. and the formation of the podcast, yeah. hmm, who would you want to direct or write it? Who would you want it to have a cinematographer and who would play you two? Thanks for the great stuff recently. I've been a fan of quite a few of the clips on TikTok over the last year, but I've made watching the full episodes a really enjoyable part of my weekly routine recently. Thank you. Cheers, Bobby. This Peter Jackson. <laughs> and it's going to be the forging of the podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking if it goes really badly, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lawyer up at yeah. all. I'll uh, snap this microphone in half. I think Noah Baumbach. Oh, yeah. Because big fight scene. Lots of, do, lots of big fight scene. Yeah, yeah, like, oh no, like, like uh, arguments. Oh, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. just like, just <laughs> yeah. not an action director. Uh, <laughs> I would say, I would say, full of dialogue and wit, and it can be light hearted or serious. We yeah. talk very quickly over each other. Uh, I could see that. Yeah. Um, and then for cinematographer, or, I think, well, hang, let's think about this. Who's We're, the one who writes Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and um, Gilmore Girls? Oh, hang on. Uh, Paladino. Amy Sherman Paladino. Yeah, her. She writes yes. uh, people having multiple conversations in the same scene yeah. and you're sort of like cleaning off the deal. Or like. Safety Brothers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, it depends how this goes. Yeah, how this goes. <laughs> uh, who would play you two? Um, uh, Josh O'Connor and uh, the guy yes. we just said from White Lotus who played the Essex lad. There you go. Leo Woodall. No, yeah, why not? you could do me. I always liked Ashton Kutcher for me. Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Oh, 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 this is like, oh, this humble. is aspiration. I, I think this Ashton Kutcher. Oh, I didn't realize we, yes, we had the budget, James, for that. Okay, oh, we, that, we, for me. Uh, Safety Brothers movie written by Aaron Sorkin. Who looks like me? Uh, <sighs> who looks like you? Who looks like me? Glasses off as well. Glasses on. Oh, Glasses. Peter Capaldi. You look like Peter Capaldi. 
I've always thought that. Not like directly, but like you have certain. Are you, um, is that a joke? No, no, no. I, I, I think it. Are you taking the not, piss? Not like I look like <laughs> Peter Capaldi. Not craggly. There are no, emaciated. Like, not an old. Like not in age. He's always looked old. <laughs> He's one of those faces that's always been old. Peter Capaldi. I'm yeah. a. I am appalledy at that. Well, right in. Confirm. Oh. I get Ashton Kutcher oh, here. I get Peter Serafinowicz all the time. Oh, that's more like Peter it. Peter Serafinowicz. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can have like a Peter Serafinowicz. And then I like, get Nicholas Holt sometimes. You're dreaming. Yeah. You're dreaming. <laughs> there you go, Bobby. There's your... Bobby, thank Peter you very much. Uh, this one is from Josh. <laughs> this one is from Josh. He says, hey, I'm a new fan. Welcome, Josh. And I was wondering if either of you have seen A Good Person, brackets 2023. It's got Mark Ann Freeman and Florence Pugh. Personally, my favorite performance from her. What are your opinions on the movie? Kind regards, Josh. Josh, we, neither of us have seen it. Yet. Yet. We haven't but... seen it yet, but we might do. Might do. Thank you. That was a nice short one. Should we do one more? Because This next email is from Thomas who says, Hi guys, hope you're both doing well. Just wanted to write in with a random thought or discussion point that like with most of my emails, I want to bring up in the moment, but realize I'm either on my own or I have no one like-minded to talk about Mm. it. Enter Pulp Kitchen. Yes, that's why we're here. After hearing the Chariots of Fire music, and he says, pause for Acabella rendition. You can't not do it. Which I've never seen. It got me thinking about if there are any other films with a scene song or something that holds a place in pop culture, but the film or media itself hasn't necessarily been large enough, been seen by a large enough amount of people. So something that's transcended its origins. Psycho, screeching. Perfect. So that's a really yeah. good example. Um, uh, the power oh. of Christ compels you. I think just people just yes. shouting that, not realizing. Um, I would say... With the Chariots of Fire example, everyone knows the song and the slow motion running, but might have no idea where it's from. Any other examples you can think oh, of? I, I do remember that because I remember at the beginning of Bruce Almighty, they used that. And I remember like my mum finding it funny, but I was like, why? Yeah. And they were like, it's Chariots of Fire. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, knew, I knew Chariots of Fire as a joke before I saw the film. I would also say... Uh, not Beethoven's fifth, but a fifth of Beethoven from Saturday Night Fever. The psycho thing is 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 quite. quite You'll see that in animations and all sorts of things. Must be some Star Warsy ones. Oh, Star Wars, probably like. I just like the concept of like turning to the dark side. Is a thing that's always permeated through. I think Chariots of Fire is a big one, yeah. and, the, and the Psycho, um, Bunny Boiler. People, people call. I mean, it's quite an outdated term now to use that, but people when they're talking, certain people will yeah. use this phrase when talking derogatorily. Derogatorily is yeah. that word about about women? <laughs> yeah. um, would say, "Oh, that person, she's crazy. She's a bunny, bunny boiler," referring yeah. to Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Um, the Wilhelm. Don't agree with that. Just yeah, saying, no. just saying, just saying. Some people have, some said, people it. have said that. At the Wilhelm scream. The Wilhelm scream, the yes. I mean, that's... You, you know it even if you don't know it. Yeah. And then you can um, blow someone's mind when you play it for them. And they're like, wait, I do know that sound. Yeah. Um, Ark of the Covenant, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Keep your eyes. Sh- yeah. No, no, but like, oh, that's kind of. Mm. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> do people reference it, though? Must be an Indiana. There must be an Indiana Jones one. Something that like someone doesn't even know it's from a film. A film, but like uh, uh, being chased show. by uh, being by, chased by a giant. Every time I'm chased by a boulder. giant boulder, I'm always no, thinking this is. No, but like it's is... referenced and like it's in Crash Bandicoot and Uncharted. It's like an homage and, and forgetting your hat under the door and getting it yes, last minute. Yeah. We'll keep thinking Sticking about your hand that in one. The buggy that, that, thing that's definitely gonna. 
Come Spikes on. going through the, the ceiling and the floor. Yeah, maybe. In Temple yeah. of Doom. Love that scene. I'm sure so there's good. some from like actual... Uh, uh, or like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. A lot of quotes probably people know. The without music idea. from Jurassic Park when something big and epic moves. Yeah. Na, 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 na. I, I feel like people most people would that. have known Jurassic Park though. Good yeah. question, uh, Thomas. I think that that's an answer that we're gonna is going to come back to us through, through the many weeks to come. And that is all the emails we will do for this week. Guys, thank you, as always, for the questions. We absolutely love to read them. If you wanted to send us your question, you can do by emailing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. It is that time of the episode again when we wind down with a game, a bit of trivia, like a like a nice bit of whiskey at the end of the evening. I say wind down; they can be quite. They're very stressful, and testful. To testful. I often like leave the episode exhausted, and I think it's partly because of Me. the game. <laughs> Just <laughs> you in general coming into my flat and cooking. Uh, but we're going to play uh, two different games. The first one is going to be a miscellaneous hot fire. You just got to get it, and you got to get it in a, a certain hot fire. amount of time. You yeah, it's tired. Hot fire. I'm so I had four hours sleep. Uh, and then I'm going to do a castless countdown. All right. But the first one is going to be uh, name me thing and okay. thing, and you got to do the thing within the time thing. George, are you ready? I'm ready. As always, you can play along at home. Let me get my timer. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. George, are you ready? ready. Thank you for waiting, everyone. Can you name 10 planets slash moons in the Star Wars universe? You have 45 seconds. Christ. Your time starts now. Coruscant. Yeah. Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jakku. Yeah. Um... Dagobah, yeah. Hoth, yeah. Um, Cloud City. I mean, it's a place. There's a name for it. Is there? Yeah, mm. I don't know it. Um, uh, uh, Exegol. Yeah, nice new one. Um, Naboo. Yeah. Oh, Four more. Oh, uh, Mustafar. Yes. Uh, 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 Endor. Yes. That's why I said moon. Um, uh, Alderaan. Yes. One more. <laughs> you did very well. You did very, very well. You said Naboo, didn't you? Did. Yeah, you could have had Yavin. What the fuck's that? <laughs> you could have done Dathomir. <laughs> What's the one uh, The one on from Rogue One? Dra Drax or something. You did very well. You got nine, though. The one that the, the, the thing blows up. Yeah, again. like where the... I can't remember the name of it now. <sighs> but you got most... You got most I got of, most of the ones that they kind of... Alderaan's like, a good one that people forget. <laughs> the, the ones that people would normally... The, you know, the regular yeah. mainstream fans. Jaku, you said Jakku? Yeah, you did. I did, you did say, say Jakku, yeah. Yeah, I can't... It's a good one. There's quite a lot. What... What's the... Did they say what planet Luke's on in, like, Last Jedi? Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, it's Bespin, by the way. Oh, Cloud City of Bespin. What's the, what's the place in uh, Mandalorian that isn't Tatooine, but looks like Tatooine? The one where oh. Carl Weathers is the, the sheriff or whatever. Navarro. Oh, yeah. Navarro. Yeah. Oh, well. Thank you. You did well. You did well. Nine out of ten. Lovely. Now we're going to unwind with a little more relaxing. Okay, good. That made me scream. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm making a good clip. Let's do it. Ready? I can't wait for all the Star Wars nerds to come yeah, out with. Yeah. You didn't yeah, yeah. in, in the cartoon of the video game, of the comic Dude of the video Dude gets Coruscant, game. but he doesn't get this one. In my Game Boy Advance thing yeah. from 30 years. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> okay. Next up, we're going to do a casters countdown. If you are new to the podcast, I'm going to read the cast members of a film, and George has to guess what film I'm talking about before I get to the end of that cast list. I'm tired. <laughs> George, are you ready? I'm ready, James. You have to guess the film based on its cast. Ready? Three, two, one. Eric Andre. Florence Kazuma. Right. Keegan-Michael Key. Okay. John Oliver. John Carney. Uh, Shahadi Wright-Joseph. Alfrey Woodard. Okay. Billy Eichner. Uh, Seth Rogen. Um, Shuatel Ejiofor. Uh, great, but... Uh, Beyonce. Uh, Lion King. Yes. The new Lion King. The, the new, new one. one. The, the live action, not live action one. <laughs> Next up, you could have uh, Donald Glover and then James L. Jones, who they got back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I, it's I, the I non-live forgot. action, live action. I have seen it, action. but the, the CGI... CGI one. That's not CGI. Well, it's it is so CGI, real. but it's always oh, like, yeah. it's like the most photo real. Yes. And I think they could do that oh. because they're not doing that human is, faces. That is confusing because you know, that, that is a good stacked cast. I mean, like you were saying, like Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen. Yeah. I was like, is this, is this a I was trying to throw you off like with Keegan, Mike and Keel being a comedy. I, I thought, when you said John Oliver and that, I thought like, is it Toy Story 4? But yeah. Very good. Very you know good. what I mean? That's the most photo real film in CG I've seen, but it's easier to do that because it's animal faces. Yes, I think so you don't have to, to express. We, we always have to sort of drift apart from reality. Like you'll notice Pixar now always does slight caricature of human faces because mm. they have the fidelity to render. Otherwise you're Uncanny Valley. And it just starts to look really strange. Uncanny Valley. A lot of video games sort of struggle with that. Mm. They have to sort of lean into... Uncanny Valley. Like, yes, that. Yeah, I know the term, I, I, you didn't, We you, have an audience yeah, you that didn't, like yeah, to hear things. You did, you, I know, it's but... about the journey. All I want is a look of recognition, James. You didn't yeah. even nod. I know. <laughs> just put your hand up and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you Listen very much. Listen to me. <laughs> to this episode of Pulp Kitchen. We really appreciate you staying for this long and uh, tolerating the games. Thanks so much really for listening to the bit. Yeah. James remembered to record. <laughs> yeah. It was four minutes we lost. Four minutes. I'm exhausted. That's what happened. Uh, don't yes. forget, we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday. Uh, thank you as ever for listening. We really appreciate it. And please show your support for us by following us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you see our clips, give them a like, give them a, a, a share, um, give them a comment. Really appreciate it. And don't forget to make sure you subscribe to our YouTube account and follow us and subscribe on Spotify and all podcast platforms. Whenever we go to a fun cool event where we get invited to a premiere or a fun thing to show off something we always do some instagram yeah. stuff so we'll have a highlight on our instagram and if you're not following us what are you doing go and follow we always yeah. will try and post some fun shenanigans hopefully we've got some cool stuff oh, coming yeah. up in the future which oh, will be yeah. worth following and covering on the show so exciting times stay tuned stay well and see you next week bye guys